right. Hey, Gundam Maniacs, welcome to the Gundam Explained show. We've now got a set up where we can use the music as we're Yeah, I feel it. Show. Ken's Rage, the unofficial, uh, intro, or the, the unofficial theme song. Which is great, because again, I talk about it a lot. It's from Fist of the North Star, uh, one of the Musu, Mosu, Muso uh, versions they made. Um, and, and I don't think they're ever going to copyright claim it because it's a, it's kind of like them copying a certain style of music, but yeah. anyway, I've got a script for the beginning now. Welcome to the Gundam Explained show, the live Gundam everything talk show with your host, Adam Blue, brought to you by Gundam Explained supporters. Without them, this couldn't happen. If you're interested in supporting the channel, check the links in the description. Also, the Gundam Explained show is available in podcast format and most, uh, at most, if not all, I already did a, a mistype on this. Uh, if not all podcast platforms, you can email uh, GundamExplained at gmail.com if you have a topic you would like read live, because I'd love to do that. I'd love to have near the end of the show, like if someone emails in a cool like topic or like paragraphs of things that to cover, I mean, that would be pretty nice. Yeah, I'd love that. But co-captain of the Gundam Explained show is Stephen Bayless of the Midnight Hatter channel. Stephen, how are you doing? I'm doing well, you know, surviving. I was thinking to myself, like, uh, who got a hold of the teleprompter? Don't you know that Adam will read everything on that teleprompter? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I just go through and don't realize, wait a minute. It reminds me of when I do those lore videos where I'm reading the wiki. And then I'm like, wait a minute. This grammar is like completely wrong. Or like this word. You know what I've learned from that? And this could be something I was ignorant of. But like when it talks about like the mobile suit sort of like maneuverability or technology and how it handles like there's attitude control and i always thought that was a uh mistype of altitude control so did but, i okay yeah but yeah. apparently attitude is a metric for maneuverability i didn't know that yeah so science it's, yeah uh... science bro. <laughs> like, but no um no uh yeah good uh show today someone shared something uh, Zionic American in uh, my discord of this really cool it's kind of like a little game of whose side would you choose during the different pivotal moments during universal century Stephen and I are going to go through that and see where we align and see where we're mortal enemies oh man <laughs> this could be a dangerous you know th this is like um I think I read somewhere a meme about scategories being the cause of most divorce in the United States. This this is probably where that's going to happen for us. <laughs> like, wasn't it like this new Super Mario Brothers co-op mode? Because, like, the characters always run in or jump off each other. <laughs> oh, I can't stand it. It's the worst. <laughs> no, no, that's no, that's true. Also, yet again, because of GBO2, another new mobile suit that I didn't know exist, existed, that we're going to talk about because it's it's actually pretty badass although i feel like i say that with every mobile suit but <laughs> it's true um and then um let's see yeah i think that's about it but you know to start i always like to talk about what gundam stuff we got into you know during the week i can start by saying you know being on your show from yesterday worth checking out if you guys haven't because we kind of looked at some kind of baseline weathering techniques and the the coolest thing was how easy Steven made it look for having like a, a melee attack on a, a mobile suit, but like how you did it live. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't know how it was going to go, and I'm glad that everyone kind of enjoyed it. I, I was actually, the chat was really helpful with the sort of tips and the, you know, um, oh yeah, advice that they were offering while we were going through it. 
but you know, it's, it's something that I've never done in front of other people before. So kind of talking about that, the, the thought process that goes behind, you know, sort of telling a story through battle damage was pretty fun. So, yeah. So thank you for letting me do that. No, that, that was good. Uh, cause it made me even think about when, when I would do weathering and battle damage, which I'm going to be, you know, uh, for Seed New York, Zionic Shadow sent me that pale rider, the red rider. And I'm going to, I, I think that's one where I'm going to do more deliberate and thought out weathering on it. And yeah, use some of the tips got from you yesterday, especially the pastel thing. I think that was a, a big one. Yeah. yeah, that's a, that's a pretty cool thing. I, I need to do a whole video on it. But yeah, like I mentioned on the stream yesterday, if you haven't checked him out, Action Playtop, um, Action Playtop. Is, is a YouTuber that does really, really cool weathering using pastels. Um, so it's like he, he has a patented finger brush method where he doesn't even use tools. He just uses his finger and smudges the pastels onto the kit, which oh, is that's cool. uh, it's pretty cool. It's a unique way of doing things. It works. And I feel like there's something to when you are in total control like your hands kind of help. It's almost like molding clay or something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that's cool. But anything else Gundam related you got into? I, I saw something you posted on Twitter and I think it's behind you. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Zionic Shadow for sharing this. The uh, NX Edge style Tokyo exclusive, mind you. So this was a, an exclusive model to Tamashi Nations. This This thing's a beast. It's the Nightingale. It has this nice uh, metallic finish to it, which is actually impressive because wow. you know how the, the NX Edge style figures, they tend to be made of like a softer urethane plastic as right. opposed to the hard Gumpla plastic. So the fact that they were able to get this finish on this plastic is amazing. I took some some glamour shots with him and the Zeta last night. So, yeah. But yeah, I cool. also started doing this thing and I highly recommend that people give this a shot is I put a drop of UV resin in the scope of oh. some Zaku weapons, and it really gives it a nice finish. It, it makes it look more like a lens, which is kind of cool. And what line is that from? This is the SD cross silhouette. Cross silhouette. I, I don't, I'm not sure exactly sure what scale it is, obviously, oh, okay. but it's an, it's an SD Zaku 2 that, uh, that I customized way back in December, but, um, Wow, December of last year. We're almost coming up on December of this year. This is like wow. <laughs> I know. That crazy. is crazy. Oh, it's just that looks great, but you it's because you customized it. Yes. Yeah. That that's okay. one that I that I dolled up for SD December, oh, which we, right. we're gonna have to do SD December yeah. again this year. So yeah, let's do it again because I it, it, I keep coming around to SD like if they're like customized just right like yours um it, it can really like i think the mobile suit ensemble has taught me to appreciate and and when we were talking about miniatures yeah like, yeah you can really elevate yeah uh, some of these you know kitty looking kits you and i ought to actually ought to pick out the same sd model this december and see what interpretation oh, each, yeah. each of us can come up with it because okay. i think that that'd be a fun little exercise okay yeah i'll start looking around for some different sd kits that we'd both enjoy um yeah but that'd be pretty cool um sweet what about yeah, you? Any, what kind of gundam stuff did oh, you get into this week yeah you know not too much i did that review of the blossom which i had so much fun doing like i i felt like it just really clicked when i was doing the video and the photography i really enjoyed putting that together and then when i edited the video too it was just fun having that media to 
to edit with. And, and another thing I did some inside baseball, like with the thumbnail, I made it super clean, just like a picture and then just said review. And it became one of my top viewed in terms of trajectory, I guess, top viewed robot spirits videos, which is kind of what I want. I've noticed a lot of times my robot spirits reviews get the least traction, even though that's very fun for me. Whereas even though the UC lore videos are fun for me, those are a little easier to do and they just automatically get a lot of traction. But the robot yeah. spirits ones are harder to do for me. So to be able to see that I can get more traction, if anyone has any suggestions to, to make it more bearable to watch, because not <laughs> everyone collects robot spirits. Some people are just into the Gumpla. So. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that that's one of the things that you can really offer with your Robot Spirits reviews is that a lot of people, you know, because of the price barrier for a lot of the Robot Spirits figures, they're they're kind of inaccessible. There is kind of a barrier to entry yeah, there, whereas definitely. most Gumpla you can get pretty, you know, inexpensive, the high grades at that's least. True. So, I mean, you really are doing a huge service to people because, you know, like I said, most people are not collecting Robot Spirits and... <laughs> Furthermore, most people are not covering robot spirits on YouTube. So yeah, in in the few that do, even they don't get that much. Like there's people I was following before I started my channel that I have more subscribers than, but it's because they just do robot spirits. And it's one of those yeah. things where it must be successful for Bandai because they keep making them and making them expensive, <laughs> but yeah. they don't have large, I guess, engagement on YouTube, but yeah yeah no it is interesting it is one of those things where they are just they are awesome like yeah i have it right here in front of me the and then i even meant to have a side by side in the review but this was like it's like the first model and then the last one um of that gp line um yeah talk about downgrades am i right yeah <laughs> no, it, it's crazy too because the another one so the jabera tetra or gerbera tetra however you pronounce it you know was what that gpo4 was it became that but then there's even a robot spirits version of like a, a variant of it and yeah the gabara tetra kai yeah right yeah and and like you're saying there's that barrier to entry where even i can't buy them all yeah. <laughs> even though i want to but like over time it's like yikes and then um what is his name toy something in discord oh i forget his name let me go look at yeah toy toy is his name he he helps immensely in the discord and the gumplin collectibles channel because he will post when there's new arrivals for robot spirits and he posted uh about a new one it's a maybe i'll show it later but it's a zaku mariner robot spirits oh, which nice. is cool but that it comes with water effect parts like what the jet thrust would look like in that's the water that's pretty sweet Actually, i could probably go to it real quick i mean that's that's next level and and obviously the effect parts that come with the robot spirits lines are just Awesome. so good yeah um, i love i love them anyway and i it's just it's so cool that they're I mean, going to even have a zaku mariner high grade kit right I'm oh i don't sure. know yeah that's you know it's very interesting like what they will come out with in robot spirits versus like as a kit which it's telling like i i wonder how much difference uh, of um groups the community market is buying the action figure versus buying the Gumpla. And then there's probably that cross-section of people that just love Gundam, so they buy both. Yeah. I, I Yeah, I don't know. Um, Crazy people like you. <laughs> yeah, I know. But even, yeah, even me lately, I've had to kind of like be like careful with what I'm getting. And then I'm pat like that goof flight type. Oh, yeah. I passed on it because I was like, 
you know, I want it, but uh, I've been buying so many and I'm trying to find room. So uh, it happens. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think other than that, um, any Gundam related stuff I got into? No, but I've been playing with the, I wonder if I can show it without it falling because the stands are always a mess, but the wound warp putting on the option parts. Oh, sweet. I know. It looks so good. And like, and the other thing is you can put the option parts on the hazel and it looks amazing. But then it's like, it takes a long time to actually. So it's like, then do I buy more? Do I buy a second <laughs> hazel, which I'm not opposed to? But I would think though, you would have to buy at least three hazels and three wound warts with their, have everything with their option parts sets each for both in order to have all the configurations. And I don't know. I think that they need to have more, um, I guess, storage options. One of the things that I really appreciate about, I forget what line it is, but there's an SD line of um, sort of Gashapon figures that I have the the Zeta Plus Hummingbird. And the, the Hummingbird comes with a lot of option parts because you can swap between legs and boosters. So it has like a booster mode where it doesn't have legs and just has four boosters. Oh. And then it's got, you know, it transforms. So it's got a, a, a ton of different option parts associated with it. But the stand that it comes with actually has slots for all of the effect parts and the option parts that come with it. So if you're oh. displaying it in robot mode, then the thrusters are clipped onto the back of the display. Um, or vice versa, you know, the, the legs nice. can turn around and sit on the back so that when you're in thruster mode, um, it's up on a flight stand. So you'll have to show me that later. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to dig that one up and, yeah. and put it out here. I'd like to see that. Yeah. And hey, you know, what up to Santo Bell, one of our YouTube members, longtime members, sent me that uh, weathered G Savior that I showed off on your uh, yeah, stream yesterday. That, so good to see that you. That G Savior looks incredible. And from down under, um, so he's not able to join these all the time. So it's good to see him here, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm trying to think. Was there anything else? I think that's it. Um, uh, I the um, what was the other thing I was going to mention? The, there's that. I don't know if you guys remember. There was that robot spirit Zaku line. I think it's from the 0083 manga, but they came with all these weapons, like artillery things. Oh, One yeah. of them is about to ship, so I can't wait to get that in because. Having a bunch of weapons on a Zaku is pretty awesome as a bad guy. Yeah. I love a fully kitted out, you know, mobile suit. Yeah, no, same, same here, especially when you can add parts on it and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, um, was there anything else I, I wanted to bring up before we get into some topics? No, I think that's it, actually. Um, but yeah, let's move on to some topics. Where did I have that? at no not that screen um okay so uh gbo2 uh, what i like about doing my stream on thursdays is by then there's some news to talk about but yep. the thing about gbo2 i love is even if i go a period of time like right now where i'm not really playing it as much i still it still helps me learn a lot about universal century or adjacent stuff like thunderbolt because they'll release mobile suits i've never heard of so for instance um, the bull G and TB means thunderbolt joins the fray. So I'm like, Hmm, what is this one? And, uh, let's see some information about it. General at 550, a prototype 
created by Anaheim Electronics after the one-year war and a strong contender to become the next generation mainline mobile suit. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, and, and that's what's cool is because they this GBO2 and they're kind of given lore and it's even saying it is a heavy arms type MS with high output of a full armor Gundam from Thunderbolt. This MS was designed as a prototype of an improved gun cannon two. The design was using a spec without any extension, but only changed the appearance of Gundam head. And I think this is translated from Japanese, uh, yeah. which was <laughs> criticized a lot by Luna 2's leader. So that's some background lore. Um, okay. But yeah, let's... I was going to say, how did how did Anaheim fumble this one, right? Because if this was supposed to be the next generation standard yeah. issue mobile suit and Anaheim is in control of pretty much all Federation mobile suit design and development, you know, what what was so bad about this one? But like you said, looks like there was a Luna 2 executive that maybe had some issues with it. Which is neat because one. I wonder how much that is. Yeah, I haven't read the Thunderbolt manga, but behind the scenes development drama in universe like if that's something that exists oh, yeah. in the manga that's actually pretty neat uh, have you read much of the thunderbolt manga uh no i only have the first three volumes so i haven't gotten that deep into it but yeah i'm curious uh it, so here's the other thing this the design looks like it's um oh it doesn't have the person's name normally it would do that wouldn't it because it looks like the stuff out of moon am i thinking correctly yeah it does kind of look like the moon gundam yeah uh, just the way it does the, the little details on it. And, you know, what's interesting is that it has a Gundam head. And what I read was that was done on purpose for marketing. Uh, because that That's was like so the funny. thing to do at that time. It came out in 80. Um, uh, yeah, 80 UC. So by 80 UC, obviously that Gundam idea is such a big deal. Um, and actually, there's a closer look at the head here, which also gives GPO2 vibes. Oh, look at that sad face, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it's 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 uh, neat how yeah, it's very GPO two ish, I guess. Um, yeah, but but it just looks cool in general. Like even not Gundam related, just as a badass mech, and that's what I find interesting about Universal Century is it's able to among three hundred plus mobile suits, kind of have this identity, and I think this shares that. Um, and I was thinking about that the other day, like how I'm not as interested in buying a model kit of like a armored core mech, even though I think they look cool, but yeah. they kind of have this kind of samey, too grounded look. Whereas it's interesting with Universal Century mobile suits, how they're grounded within a humanoid shape, which doesn't yeah. seem grounded. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I saw someone on Twitter reference that, you know, Gundams and mobile suits are designed to look more like a suit of armor, like you know, more yeah. like more like what a knight would wear, as opposed to being or you a know, general mecha. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, lends itself right into that GPO two design. Is like, you know, these are supposed to be like samurai duelists jousting that sort of vibe, and so that's why mobile suits tend to have that more humanoid shape, as opposed to being. A more like armor core or battle tech yeah. or you know any of these other types of mech designs that are very you know like you said i don't know if grounded is the right term but you know maybe functional they they, they look yeah, like that's a good way to put it yeah because they, they they look designed to to be as if they would exist in real life and 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 that's a good point because that's even what they how they describe it in universe like manofsky particles kind of led to 
having uh, this kind of suit design too. Yeah. And so a lot of it is functional, which is interesting because then when you watch other AU Gundams, they're not necessarily explaining it. You know what I mean? <laughs> which yeah, is, they just kind of take it for granted. But then you get to something like IBO, and I feel like the designs they make are a little more realistic to, without explanation, a robot that would exist or a mech that would exist. Right. Yeah, I, I love the idea in IBO. You know, what? while IBO is far from my favorite Gundam series, I do like that they had a, a solid explanation for why beam weaponry is not as popular and like why melee weapons oh. are as popular as they are is, you know, because the armor is, you know, impervious to, to beam weaponry. So it's like it, it creates this in-universe mythos that is very cool. Yeah, I like that stuff a lot. And, you know, just to be clear, this, you know, it's interesting, you know, this bull G shows up in Thunderbolt, but mm -hmm. I think the way they've been able to explain the lore makes it to where, yeah, if you want, if you, if you wanted to role play or <laughs> whether with action figures or not um, of this existing alongside anything during 80, um, it probably could, because it's really just the gun cannon two, like an evolution of it. Yeah, I mean, even yeah. the model number is is the gun cannon too. It's the yeah. RX seventy seven. So yeah, exactly. It's it's cool looking though. Like it reminds me of like the Gustav Carl because I'm like a fan of that too. These would be excellent as robot spirits, like these more chonkier ones. Which oh yeah, I don't think they've done other than the GPO two, which is actually a fantastic robot spirits. Having like oh man, okay. So now I'm I'm thinking differently because we're getting these vert anime. So if it was Ver Anime, Ver Anime of Moon would probably be based on the manga, but yeah, that design in plastic form would look excellent. Um, yeah, because that was something with the aerial. Um, that was Ver Anime, and but the Gumpla was different. So right, you know, and I remember I talked about that with my review, but it really does make sense then why that Gumpla was a little or the. The ver anime looked different than the Gunpla because one was the animation interpretation. The other one is like the straight up, this is what the mobile suit is. Um, yeah, it's always interesting to see those sort of design interpretations. And and, and that's one of the things that we appreciate about like uh, Katoki designs is that, yeah. you know, he really does kind of explore alternative aesthetics for mobile suits that we've seen countless times, right? Yeah. And, um, yeah, because, I mean, even it even got to a point where I think he's, like, the main designer in a way, or at least <laughs> oversees the designs or reinterprets. Yeah. But this is cool because it's showing it with the two shields. I love that look. Yeah, that's that's just trademark Thunderbolt. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, I, I love that vibe. But isn't that cool how Thunderbolt came out so much later but took a basic concept of a shield and just added another? It just made it where it's just attached. Like, that's without being too far-fetched, but still making it seem like a a way to expand on that time period's lore. Yeah. It's one of those things that you're seeing more and more often is shield appreciation. We need to have, like, shield yeah. appreciation month because <laughs> I think in that um, in that G40 animation, the, the one that kind of has, like, the industrial design Gundam in it, oh, first yeah. of all, still need a high grade of that Zaku that that char zaku but one of the zakus that accompanies char i think it's like denim or crown he's got 
dual Zaku shields that like swing forward and it basically turns this Zaku 2 into like an artillery encampment, which is freaking awesome. Like, that's I mean, that that that's just one of those things that's like, man, I could imagine playing with a Gunpla and setting that up, but to see it in animation is always really cool. And so that's what I appreciate about Thunderbolt doing that to a, to an extent. Yeah, and and so it makes me think like there's other mobile suits further on in UC, I think like the it's the Jesta, right? That has the shield that's actually on an arm that comes over. I think it's the Gustav Carl. Oh, and the Gustav Carl. Yeah, uh, yeah. T- uh, T- Talos actually showed me how the there's that active uh, oh, yeah. shield in GBO2 for the Gustav. Yeah, so there's a few that do that, and then you would think that that would kind of be commonplace with shields, but then in universe it goes to beam shields, which then that's cool because then what if there's these two things that stick up that look like you know the beam sabers while they're functional it's also like an aesthetic look that's cool what if there's some like shield binders or something where it's like uh almost looks like a part of your spinal cord or something sticking out but then like it comes over and turns on the beams like in front like two beam shields in front or something that'd be pretty sweet yeah i feel like for that later you see era there's uh cool stuff there that they could potentially um do but i hope we get more late uc i mean that's the the plan apparently in that next 100 but um so anyway this is the current one in uh gbo2 it looks great this is an example of something that should be a model kit now, do you do you have your PS5 up? Do you, are you going to roll for it right now? Because... Oh, I should have planned for that. I should have planned. <laughs> no, I, saw, I saw Robert mention it in the comments earlier, and I was oh. like, oh, yeah, he's... Actually... We, we've had such a good streak of... <laughs> that's a good idea. I wonder if I should uh, plan to start doing that, like the the roll that's done, because uh, you never know what I could get. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's actually pretty cool. That's a good idea. Um, okay. So, next up, in discord uh let's see we had uh zionic american who contributes a lot of stuff added this really neat graphic that they got it's like who do you side with and you can kind of go through and choose neutral or choose a side and we had others go in there take that and they went through and filled it out themselves it's actually been neat to see what people think so Man, I, I thought, wish we could tally the results somehow. Oh, you know what? I actually should do that. So let's actually do that. So for those that are watching this and hasn't and hasn't done this, jump in and and take that image Yannick American made and kind of fill it out yourself. And yeah, we should do a tally. Hopefully by next podcast, we can read it out. That'd be pretty cool. But until then, I think um, we're going to go through this, you and I. Hey. Um, so let's start. Who do you side with? You see Gundam edition. So this first one is the aftermath of Zeon Daikun's death and either support the Zabi family or the Rawl family. So I feel like this is going to go one or two ways. You're just a, a, a Zeon supporter through and through, and you're always going to select that, like almost like you're in universe yourself. Or it's almost like, what is the kind of the real world decision here? Yeah, you know, it's um, 
and, and what I really like about this chart is that it is not just kind of like party line voting where you just go down one side and it's like, oh, it's all Xeon. You know, it's like there's actually um, there's some nuance to the decision making here. Right. Yeah. And, and here's the other thing. Would you support this based on knowing how it played out? Or as if this was the beginning? It's a good point because, you know, we, we've talked about like propaganda and information not being readily available to people. So it's like, you know, if you were on side three and you all you knew was that the Earth Federation was oppressing you, which, you know, I have to say, I'm going to criticize this chart just slightly, is that, you know, the aftermath of Xeon Daikun's death kind of already leans itself to, you know, Xeon supporters, right? Because Federation would have no, no, uh, no dog in this race, right? Like, yeah, that's, you know, the, the Federation doesn't care whether the Zabi family or the Rawl family takes over. This is really for, for the side three. That's citizens, true. Right. So if we were, I guess, you know, that's in behind the scenes. Like, you wouldn't know how, uh, what's the word, more um, nice? That's the horrible word. The Raw family would be compared to <laughs> the Zabi family, but not necessarily because Father Zabi seemed to be pretty chill. He was even condemning uh, Giran's decisions. Yeah, you know, and so if you had Degwin... Um, you know, coming into the picture and saying, hey, you know, Zeon Daikun told me that he trusted me with the future of Zeon. So, you know, side with me kind of thing. It would be hard as a Zeon citizen to say, well, absolutely not. I'm going to go with yeah. the Rawl family who has no proven track record of leadership. Right. And, they're you know, they, they're just the making family. baseless claims about assassinations. That's really hard. Where, where, which, where are you leaning? So that's interesting. I would almost say I would almost say neutral because I even think in universe you know it's it, it's almost like you don't get to choose. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean I would probably remain neutral, you know, call us fence sitters if you want, but I think that um it's it's hard to say without knowing some of the background knowledge. You know, if we're really going to role play this, it's hard to say without knowing some of this background knowledge. Well, you know, obviously, if I had a if I had the ability to see into the future. OK. OK, I'm going to mark that down then. Um, oh, am I erasing some? Ah, forget it. OK, <laughs> I had smoothing turned up all the way and it made it super slow. OK. Oh, yeah, that would do it. Now, one year war. Principality of Xeon or Earth Federation. Um, I honestly, I, I feel like I would say Earth Federation just because of the colony drop. That's fair. I would still say Xeon personally, because, ah. you know, it's why, uh, because it's, in universe, you would be a Xeon. Yeah. I mean, especially if we were talking about like, if, if I were a citizen at side three and all I know is that, you know, the Federation assassinated Xeon Daikun you know yeah absolutely drop a colony on them like you know this is yeah not not to get too real world with it but it's like you know the federation's attack on side three was like their pearl harbor right so like 
yeah, we would we would drop a, a bomb, so to speak, on on the earth. Um, now, again, we're we're kind of role playing the idea that like, mm. OK, we don't know that Degwin's the one that killed Zeon Daikun. Yeah, we're operating under the assumption that we think the Earth Federation did it. Yeah, no, that's actually pretty good. I like how you kind of for the first time anyone has succinctly kind of defended <laughs> the uh, Prince Valley of Zeon and it made sense. I, I do. I do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one I think is going to be easy. Oh, yeah. Except this is called the GURPS War. I don't know if you saw that typo. <laughs> GURPS War. GURPS. <laughs> well, it's a uh, there's that GRIPS um, Gunpla set, right? That comes with the Mark II, the Hyakushiki, and the Zeta Gundam. And it's called like the Griffios War set. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know if that's a mistranslation or something, but I, I've always saw, seen it called the Griffios War. So, okay. Um, well, AUG or Titans? Oh, it's got to be AUG. Yeah, I, I think so too. Even though well, I like the Titans, I just like them as like they're awesome bad guys. Oh man, and they just have such cool colors. Like, yeah, <laughs> I know, cool mobile suits with cool colors. Like, it's almost like they never go wrong with the designs. I know. All right, first Neo Zeon. Mm. So this would be like um, double O eighty eight. So like double Zeta. Yeah, I think the beginning of Double Zeta, right? Or yeah, so kind of. Yeah, I think yeah. If if that's the route that we're going, then mm-hmm. I guess technically Earth Federation, because that would be you know Judo and Ruluka and yeah, and the Argama crew. Yeah, I would I would go with that too because at that point, even though Earth Federation was doing some things, Judo was like standing up to them within Earth Federation. Yeah, I mean, it, it was clear, I think, from the storytelling in Double Zeta that that Bright and the Argama did not have the full backing of the Earth Federation. Yeah, yep. Okay, so this is interesting, the Neo-Zeon Civil War, so we've got Haman Karn or Glemitoto. Oh, do, do not look at the beautiful woman. <laughs> the, the glory of Zeon is forever. <laughs> well, so here's one thing I could bring up is Glemitoto wanting to, you know, it's like you can't trust him. But did he see that? D- does he come from the place where he's the rightful heir? Yeah, you know, I think that my my conspiracy, conspiracy-addled brain would tend to believe like wait a second all i know is that haman just got us into another war that we weren't that, that none of us voted for this is oh. not a war of independence like I, i'm like why is haman taking over for maneva like just because she's a kid we're just going to trust haman to run things she's like denethor from lord of the rings um i would 100 believe yeah this new guy glemmy toto like clear look at him he looks like Garen. and even in double zeta when he was plotting it seems like he was doing it from a logical perspective yeah you know he um it didn't seem like he was trying to seize power it seemed like he was trying to do something that he believed was right yeah whether or not you believe that that's up for interpretation but his motives were definitely a lot more genuine than haman's i would argue um, at least until he started cloning little girls. That was a strange. <laughs> yeah, that was strange. That was strange. But, you know, it's interesting because if, just thinking back to when I watched Double Zeta, whenever there's something between 
Glemmy and Haman, Haman always seemed like the bad guy. Yeah, you know, that's that's a good point. Like, I think that the um, the storytelling in Double Zeta tended to make you empathize with Glemmy a little bit more, yeah. especially with his behavior with Ruluca. You know, he yeah, tended right. to Respect. acted in a chival he, he yeah. acted in a very chivalrous manner and you know, trying to teach manners to Judo Asta's sister. <laughs> yeah. No, that's really good points you bring up. That's very cool. I never really thought about it that way, but that all makes sense. Okay, here we go. Shars Rebellion, Second Neo-Zeon War, or Londo Bell? Ooh, which way are you going with this one? I think I'd go with Londo Bell, because I feel like Londo Bell is like the righteous um, player in all of this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I think that I probably have a little bit of sunk cost fallacy, and I would probably side with Shars Neo-Zeon, because at this point, you know, we've been... We, we've been kind of dragged down a lot of different roads that we thought were the right one. And <laughs> it, it's so funny to think about like, man, these Zeon guys they they just keep getting us into these wars and they keep like gassing people and dropping colonies and stuff. Like, I think this one's going to be different. You guys, I think yeah. that now that we've got the real Casval Daikun in charge, I think things are going to change. And so I would side with them and be like, let's, let's do it. Let's do it as in drop axis. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'll remember that next time we get in an argument. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> we, we always go with the nuclear option of dropping yeah. colonies. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, no, that's interesting. I like that. I, I, I feel like part of you, and I think we're both doing this, it's almost like we're doing it in-universe. Yeah, you know, I think in, it's, it's very interesting. You and I kind of almost follow the same path of like Char and Amaro, where you know, you, you side with the Federation because you believe in, in their cause. I side with Zeon because I believe in their cause. But then we both kind of drift to Ayug the way that Shar and Amro did. Yeah, then, I think it's like we feel like each cause is valid, but there's sometimes areas that it's not, and we then drift in kind of that middle area where it's yeah. like what's the best in this scenario for everyone, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm just uh, I'm more impatient than you, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Laplace's incident. So this would be the third Neo-Zeon war. So like unicorn and stuff. So one is, so this is interesting because this is like sub factions of each side. Yeah. So one is seal Laplace's box or use it for political leverage or recover and unveil the contents of Laplace's box. Okay. So it, yeah, you know, in that regard, it's like you kind of almost have to ignore the factions and go with just the motives. Right. Yeah. So like, the motivation to seal Laplace's box, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, that yeah. that's it's almost like let people know the truth, and then let's yeah. see how the world can figure that out from there. Exactly, the because if, if the truth comes out, people might decide that they prefer Xeon. You don't know. Yeah, no, that's good. I like that. That's that one coming in the middle. Okay, struggle within the Republic of Xeon. Okay. So continue resistance against the Federation or cooperate with the Federation? Ooh, that's a good question. I I would say, you know, I will I think one of the reasons why I like Maneva's Maneva so much is because she has a really cool, complex storyline. Because like when I'm watching Unicorn, there's that one area where it's like, well, she's kind of an heir to Zeon, you know, but at the same time, um, like that's Zeon. 
but it's like she's at least the first to out of all the opportunities like leaders of Xeon have had, it's like the first one to like really want to go with cooperation. Yeah, you know, I would definitely entertain the idea of coming to the negotiating table. Um, but you know, that's heavily uh heavily predicated on the fact that Xeon would get a fair shake, right? Um, I, I definitely prefer peace to war, but like, you know, if like she you're saying like she would want to cooperate, but the Federation would always still try to do something to have the power. Yeah, exactly. So I think I'd probably fall that. neutral on this one because because oh. ultimately I think that Maneva would probably not be the person that would negotiate from a position of strength. She would negotiate a surrender. You know what? I kind of like what you're saying because I feel like if you would want someone to kind of be the leader of this cooperation, this change, Maneva's probably not the best, even though she's a good person. Yeah, you know, you want someone like Chris Voss, the never split the difference guy. You want like a uh, an FBI negotiator to be the yeah. one that's <laughs> oh, the Echoes. Like you'd almost see like that that Echoes guy would probably be. Yeah, there yeah. you go. You know what? I'm going to go with you on this. I'm glad you explained that with a little <laughs> more nuance because that did kind of get me to think. Because as much as I like Maneva, I almost feel like it's one of those tragic stories. Maneva has always had a tragic story where. She has good intentions, but they never really work out. Yeah, that's it's um, pretty sad. I think it's like a curse of her birth, you know, isn't that? <laughs> there you go. Um, Just tell her not to board any planes flying yeah. over the white base. Okay. Um, okay, Mafty Rebellion. So this one, I, I don't know how cut and dry this would be, but Mafti, I feel like, is really no different than Zeon. They're tired of Earth Federation, so they kill people. Yeah, you know, on the um, on the one hand, like you know, you don't like Hathaway as a person. He's a bit of a simp, right? Um, but on the other, you know, you and I talked on the show a, a few weeks ago, maybe a few months ago, about the Manhunters and how the yep. Manhunters started off as Echoas, right? And they started mm -hmm. off as like this very elite team of you know, good guys within the Federation, but then they slowly devolved into basically Titans 2.0, right? And I've learned, we're going to get to this later on in this this image, where that, that even goes beyond. Like, they end up getting that power, for real. Yeah. Um, so it's like, as much as you might disagree with it, you kind of have to go with Mafty. Have to? I think so. Um, I'm going to go neutral. You go neutral because, like, there's a certain point where it's like, all right, Earth Federation, come on. <laughs> like, I'm you're it's almost like the United States, like, they seem so good, but then they'll do these bad things sometimes, and it's like, come on, come on, yeah, you know. And it, it, it's it's very similar when you start looking at this chart and how many times the Federation comes up, and man, they, they always seem to come up on top, you know, yeah. in all these conflicts, they're the only faction that stays pretty constant, <laughs> no, yeah, um. So, okay, this leads to an interesting one that I don't have too much background information on. And this is Marzion Oldsmobile Army versus Earth Federation. Yeah, that one is, uh, I would be speaking from ignorance on as well. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, okay. go ahead. Okay, then from everything I know, in my opinion, I would side with Marzion. Why should Earth Federation go out that far and 
bother unless the conflict was Marzian coming back to invade. Which, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, if we're operating under the assumption that Marzian continues the tradition of Zeon fighting for independence and not dominance, or, you know, I should uh, say, um, you know, obviously the Zabis fought for, you know, control over the Earth sphere. You know, I would probably lean towards Marzion as well. Yeah. Um, curious what anyone in the chat thinks. Do Is there any background information? Um, oh, they tried to take back the Earth sphere. Mm. If that's the go. case, and Talos knows his stuff. Um, oh, Santa Bell's Oldsmobile was a nickname as they had outdated looking designs and mobile suits. So that, yeah, that, that's where like the Zaku RF and the Goof yeah. RF come from. Um, I, you know what? Um, Mars came to Earth and Earth followed back to Mars, if I remember right. I'm gonna go neutral because I don't know. But and what did you say you're going with Marzion? Yeah, I would probably go with Marzion. Okay. Okay, cool. They also were the ones that stole some of the TR models. Yeah, that's right. I learned that from Talos. That's pretty. <laughs> there you cool. go. Okay, here we've got Cosmo-Babylonian War, or Earth Federation, and being a fan of F-91, like, I would just, I would go with Earth Federation, because at this time, the Earth Federation was almost, you know, I guess as far as what we see in that, was it 120? Between 115 and 120, I forget what the year F-91 was, but we, you're, you're seeing Cosmo Babylonia attack. Like they just, they decided to declare themselves and just like Zeon and then attack. But if we weren't seeing anything where earth Federation was actively oppressing them or anything. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's kind of like, uh, fighting a battle that's already been lost. Right. Like it, it's not the same, I think as Zeon fighting for the colonies that they already lived in. This is, we're going to take back colonies that we had in the past and then declare war on you. And it's like, that's not, yeah. uh, I, I would probably fall neutral on this one because, okay. you know, obviously I, I have, I have my, my prejudice against the earth federation at this point. Yeah, no, I've, <laughs> I've noticed that. That's cool though. That that's oh, cool. We, we, We've had like 40 years of, uh, of earth federation control. Come on. Let's <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's pretty good. Okay, so Jupiter War and the Crossbone Vanguard. So I don't, okay, I don't know too much about this either, but I do know that the Crossbone Vanguard is made up of the original army that Cosmo Babylonia had, but then was taken over um, by um, Seabrook Arno yeah. and the girl. Oh, I forgot her name off the top of my head. And definitely. Huh? Is it Cecily? Yes, exactly. And then they started doing the right thing. They even worked with Judo Ashta. So that makes me choose them. What about you? Yeah, I go where Judo goes for sure. Nice. Um, okay. All right, here's here's another one. Zanskar War. So Zanskar Empire and Earth Federation. So here's what I've gathered that I know about that victory era is Earth Federation was almost in a sort of post-apocalyptic state at this point yeah. in a way 
there was a lot of where people were just like living in the forest trying to just survive. The Zanskir Empire declared that they're an empire and then started going out and taking over places. And then they also had that giant uh, halo ring that was a super weapon. And they were beheading people. That was their way. They would execute people by beheading. Also not uh, not very good for the uh, public image. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, yeah. So that's actually a good point you bring up, because if we were in universe seeing what was going on, you would be scared of the Zanscare Empire. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, um, and so then, like, where would uh, the League Militaire fall? Would they be like Federation then? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, that's a good question. That would be part of the Federation, which I wonder. Well, yeah, that would be the Earth. Fed, the League Militaire was really the only line of defense. Yeah. Because Earth Federation didn't have anything to fight with. So. So so then, yeah, I would probably fall on that side as well. Fall on the Federation if that's. You know, only because it's almost like from your point of view, you're looking at the Earth Federation as a failed state (laughs) and you're like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) right. Yeah. You know, it's like that. That's where I feel like this. This is another one of those, um, you know, maybe the the factions aren't necessarily as important as the as the motives behind what what we're supporting. Right. Because like if, if we're talking about supporting the Earth Federation versus supporting League Militaire, then, you know, I see I would I would lean towards the League. But uh you well, know. then that that's a good one for this next one. So this next one is supposedly from Gaia Gear, yes. but it's still sort of explained in universe in a way that it could be a continuation of kind of the Earth Sphere drama. Metatron and Manhunter Agency. So Metatron is sort of the Earth Federation with Char leading it a clone of Shar because they're trying to fight back the Manhunter agency, which is the original Manhunters that came from Echoas. But by this time, and I think it's like two 30, they were just themselves becoming the Titans. They were just yeah. so powerful that then they were taking control, which kind of follows with what we were talking about with the Zanscare wars. It's like, you know, if, if the Federation had completely dissolved, then a, an organization like the Manhunters, or if the Titans were still around at that time, would have definitely risen to power in in that power vacuum. Yeah. And I, so there's a couple things here. I think it's neat that it's almost like Char's legacy of kind of standing up to authoritarian power. You know, and then the Manhunter agency being like the next titans which are usually badass bad guys and i love the legacy of them starting as an elite unit within the earth federation just like titans but again becoming so big over a legacy of time that uh they want to take over so i would go with metatron yeah i would as well cool okay cool not that i ever listened to the uh guy gear radio drama drama or the light novel or yeah i would and i would love to get into that because i've told you before the reason i like late uc is because for me i'm seeing it as it's the future i feel like i perpetually live between char's counterattack and unicorn and so anything after unicorn is like me looking into the future so when i see the f91 with the wings on the shoulders that's like oh that's a future technology um that's that's a cool way of looking at it yeah uh, Meanwhile, I'm over here thinking about the Zeta Gundam, and I'm, I, I'm going to quote uh, the Big Lebowski, and would be like, "You're damn right, I'm living in the past." <laughs> <laughs> no, that's 
No, that's cool. So uh, this was a fun little thing we did. Thanks, yeah, Yannick Merrick, for posting this. Um, if anyone else wants to go through and do their own and post it, I'd like to collect that data. And either in the next cast or the one after it, kind of talk about where people sit in general. Uh, with all this, I might tally it up and put them next to each one and declare what the winner is. Um, yeah, this would be cool. You know, maybe we need to take the image and turn it into like a, a Google sheet or like a Google form or something oh. like that so that people can fill it out. And then and then we don't have to collate the data manually. <laughs> Thank you. I am glad you brought that up. You smart mother. No, but I'm going to <laughs> yeah uh, put together a form, I think, for this, because that that'd be easier way for me. That's why I said maybe next time, maybe whenever I get time to <laughs> read and count everything. Um, but yeah, no, this is uh uh that's awesome and good... i'll fire it out on uh on my discord as well because i okay. think that you know we'll, we'll get a nice hefty sampling of data in, in just looking at this I, I like what you said earlier i think this kind of boils down to and that's what's cool with as much we have in common i like that the one difference is in universe like you kind of enjoy the Xeon sort of story more and I enjoy the Amuro just mainly because, like, when I play a video game, I just choose the good guy, even though there's always more nuance to that. Um, so I like how that uh, how that worked out. Even yeah, yeah, in a video a game where you could choose to be bad and it has more gameplay opportunities, I tend not to. Yeah, you know, it's um, I, that's why I love like those infamous games where, like, you know, the, depending on your morality, you have different options as far as like what powers you can unlock and things like that. Yeah, um, you can do the same sort of thing in Knights of the Old Republic too. But the problem with that is that if you're just dark enough to use dark side powers, you can still use some light side powers. There's no oh. like restriction, so it's kind of it's a little too open ended. Okay. Yeah, in Jamkel X says there's a complete fan sub of Guy Gear's radio drama here on the YouTube's. There you we know. go. I'm gonna have to jump into that. Anyone else? You should too. And then like. Maybe I'll do a future video on that because it would be cool to kind of get a better understanding of that story in general. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what? And then Web Fox was even it brought up a good idea to do factions for some of the other AUs. That would yeah. be pretty fun too. Um, I'd like to do that. So, well, cool. Well, that well, that was that. I thought that was a super fun activity. Yeah. It definitely was. Um, uh, and and it's a way to like th these little activities I do sometimes help me give better context to the lore of, you know, that's the one thing I like about GBO2 is they release a new seat, a suit. I get better context and lore about the universe, about a suit. And then um, yeah, doing an activity like this, I also, or like when we did that game the other day where it was, what's the better thing? Oh yeah, the better <laughs> Gundam thing. Yeah, it was just random stuff. That was kind of fun to... Um, because yeah, we're we're then talking theory within the universe and both yeah. in universe and outside how people view it. And yeah, that just is a more interesting way to get Gundam explained to you. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> um well no, yeah, that's about it then for today. This was a lot of fun. Um yeah, check the links in the description again if you want to help support the channel in any way. It is because of supporters that I'm able to keep doing this. Um yeah. and also, check out Steven's channel if you haven't, because we stream first on Wednesdays. And a lot of times I feel like Gundam Explained is like the the MCU 
like where it's like we talk about stuff on his and then if you watch Gundam Explaining, if you've already seen his live, you get more context. Yeah, we're, we're like Midnight Hatter's like the Disney Plus show that you have to watch in order to understand the movie or I don't know. So, <laughs> or maybe it's the Fortnite uh, plug. Or it's like the Fortnite uh, DLC that you have to play in order to understand why Palpatine's back. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's funny. It's No, that's cool. And yeah, so if you guys haven't followed Midnight Hatter, do that too, because also sometimes on there we get a lot more deep i think with certain subjects in general like when it comes to just life or when it comes to uh the hobby so definitely check that out um anything else steven anything else bring up no no this has been an excellent week of gundam explained content i have to say you know cool very huge props to you for this one this is thank you yeah no problem i mean an amazing way to close out the week was uh with this exercise yeah no, I think so too. And another way to close out the week to, you know, give that positive vibes back is if you guys are looking at how to weather, uh, just basic weathering, it's easy. If you're too scared to do it, yesterday's video on Midnight Hatter's channel explained that stuff excellently. So this weekend, there's a project. So. Sweet. All right. Well, that does it for us. Everyone have a good weekend and we'll talk later. <laughs>